Cradleine Network. My name is Conrad, and this is the 266th episode of Space Spitter 2000, a podcast where we try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're taking a break from the weekly progs and once again venturing into the exciting world of special editions. We're starting off the third and final week of specials in 1992 with the one-off 2000 AD action special. You know, when I first heard of this, my ears perked up, but instead of further adventures of my old buddies, uh, Hookjaw and Dredger, this special features modern takes on classic British comic characters. I guess more classic ones, I don't know. The special is priced a little more than the sci-fi special this year, but the same as the Dread special at £1.75. And yes, I know if you're really into the timeline, this came out in March instead of the end of the year, but I'm trying to, you know group these things together. Anyway, before we go any further, let me introduce my guest for this episode I'm very excited about. John Cara, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Conrad. It's absolutely brilliant to be here. And I'm really, I don't know, I don't want to get too mushy on you too soon, but it's such a great <laughs> honor. I love the podcast and, and you and Fox and Eli. I just think you're fantastic oh thank you so much you know we, it's really been nice to have you know to, to to hear that certainly like we do a lot of, i you know i know i do a lot of work for the show so it's it's really awesome to have people enjoy it and stuff and it's been so great just to have folks welcome us to this fandom you know we're very much like the whole point of the thing is that we're outsiders to it and so I, it's been really nice for folks that are into these comics to, to also enjoy us hearing us talk about them and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Just getting, hearing your perspective on it, you know, the, the, like, you know, being an American is talking about this weird British <laughs> thing and the fact that it's from the past as well, you know, it's mm -hmm. this kind of double whammy of, um, yeah, it's, know. it's, it's two foreign countries at once to, yes, to make yeah, yeah. quotes or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Massively entertaining. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such a, you know all the times i've listened to the show and now i'm on it it's hey all cool. right yeah it works out <laughs> listen i can't i i can't stress enough like if you're listening and you want to be on it like you know drop me a line because you know but do start start thinking about it because we're running out of these specials you know yeah yeah, yeah that's what years, i wanted to get quick yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. so before we get started i was wondering if you could tell me your history with uh 2000 ad ah uh, well um, uh, I'm afraid I am just that stereotypical cliched <laughs> 2000 AD fan. Um, I feel a bit bad because I know kind of some of your guests recently have been, you know, that you've been getting beyond the, the progue oneers, haven't you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's been some new blood coming in <laughs> and I'm just taking you all back to the beginning again. So, yeah, I am one of those, um, yeah, annoying progue oneers. You know, um, I was you know, a kid growing up in the 70s. I loved my comic books. Mm -hmm. um, I got into, because uh, I know you're a fan too, I got into action. Absolutely. And I, I think that was the one, because I used to get the like the Marvel UK kind of superhero, black and white re reprints and, mm -hmm. you know, the be the Beano and all the kind of, you know, humor stuff. But then I remember action is one that was like, whoa, 
you know, being a big Jaws fan and Hook Jaws. Absol- oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love those. Know. All those, all those early action yeah. ones. So, so in so much insanity in one, yeah. one place. And the I was content, one of those. You know? Oh, man. Oh, God. I mean, even now, looking at it now, holy, how did they get away with it? But, well, yeah, they these, didn't, these... I guess. Uh... <laughs> Fair enough. That's true. But yeah, these, uh, <laughs> yeah. these blood, these fully red pages of blood as Hook Jaw eats everybody and stuff like Dredger shooting people in the face and <laughs> all this stuff. And I, I mean, again, you know, walking cliche, I was one of those kids, you know, if you, you I, I guess you've read the Martin Barker book, yes. right? And uh, I was one of those kids who, you know, went to the news agents that morning and, you know, there's no action for you here oh, today. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I've taken a comic. Those dastards. So, uh, yeah. So, um, and then, so then... You know, I you know I got it when it came back. You know, sort of defanged, as people right. said. And um, uh, uh, but then, of course, you know, then this 2018 thing. Yeah, that's did. only a couple months from. I yeah, yeah, action being censored is like maybe three or four months before 2018 comes out, as I recall mm. the timeline. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, of course, when you're a kid, it felt like you know. Forever, oh yeah, but, no, um, definitely. Yeah, but, the whole uh, Christmas uh, but it was like then. Yeah, but I was like, "Oh, hang on a minute! What's what's this thing? You know, you know, mm. with your space spinners and your biotronic stickers and what have you." So um, this is a, so yeah. So that was it, and then that, I was there. You know, I got into that. You know, cowboys and dinosaurs. What you know? What's Absolutely. not to love? So yeah. uh, I was there for the long run. My sister, she got into Misty, so that was cool for me then you know i could have a little little sneaky look at misty <laughs> and uh yeah and i do it's funny i do sort of have um it's even looking back at it because it's been thinking about this knowing i was going to speak to you today was mm. um i think my i need to look into this i think my uncle worked at ipc Ooh, but cool. um but not in the comic book stuff yeah so because <laughs> I could see it like yeah. I don't know like I feel like I've I've talked to Fox about this actually maybe off off mic where I think because we see 2000 AD as not being from like one of these big American publishers and it's in black and white and stuff like that I feel like we often like I know I sometimes imagine it as being this sort of fly by night like indie outfit or something like that <laughs> sort of Forgetting that IPC is actually this like giant, you know, is in King's Reach Tower full of men, men with suits and umbrellas and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was, I don't know, he was in the, the graphic, I don't know, working in the, the magazine section anyway, like you say, you know, this big organization. And um, he mentioned, because he was into comic books, he, he kind of got me into comic books and gave me a lot of, you know, copies of the old, um, oh, nice. you know, the the DC and Marvel sort of superhero stuff. So which I, I still have kicking around somewhere. I should uh, get them evaluated, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, he kind of got me into comics and he mentioned it and, you know, and it was that, uh, you know, I guess he was one of the first people that said to me that this is this British comic, but it's kind of cool. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, you've, you've got the merging of the, I guess, sort of UK and American sensibilities, maybe more than we'd had before. And right. um, yeah, I do have an I do have one other little connection, but I don't know. You you, you might want to edit this one out. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm happy to hear it. At the very least, I I only just 
I, it's only recently, so I work at the um, University of Portsmouth, and I only just recently found out one of my former colleagues, he's retired now, was uh, Mark Isles, who wrote wirehead oh of course yeah definitely we're just we just talked we we like when this comes out we'll have just finished talking about about wireheads certainly yeah which i gather yeah i don't remember that much about it's <laughs> it's like i would i would say looking back on it now that i think it did suffer a little bit like there's so much going on with it. It's just trying to really establish a lot of concepts, which I think hurts a lot of its narrative. I'd say yeah, like, yeah. it's one of these, I, I talked to Fox about this, but like, um, you know, in not, like it's the cyberpunk story with like yeah, a, a yeah. matrix equivalent and all that kind of stuff. And it's tough yeah. in 1992 because you have you there's no assumed like suspension of disbelief for for cyberpunk stuff in 1992. Like mm. really, like you have to explain a lot of what's going on. Whereas I feel like to a modern audience, it feel like reading it as a modern audience, some of the explanations feel very redundant because I know mm. what what virtual reality is yeah. right? i know what the yeah. internet is for instance or things like that whereas yeah. you have to keep going over it in 92 because you know just nobody nobody knows this stuff yet mm. you know? <laughs> like yeah i mean i i feel i you know i wasn't he was a colleague more than a friend so you sure can, you can uh you can be no, but that, that, that is a, be too careful. <laughs> so, listen, yeah, you know, it wasn't wasn't a great story, and I know he goes uh, on to do a bunch of, but, but I know he goes on to do a bunch of stuff in the in the Sonic comic as well. I uh, think, which um, yes, yeah, I heard you talking about that. Yeah, but yeah, I always so thought it was kind of cool. I was just sort of you know quite pleased at the time to go. Oh, there's someone here that wrote for 2000 AD. Absolutely, a hey, small island. You know, everybody you yeah, bump yeah. into each other. I guess. <laughs> uh, so that was another little connection, but yeah, like I said, walking cliche. I, I uh, kind of got kind of stopped collecting in the mid nineties, the kind of period that you're sure. uh, getting into talking to now on the regular podcast, and just sort of drifted away a bit, trying to save money. Went to university, um, and then it's sort of I still picked up the occasional one. You know, I always kind mm -hmm. of you know had a little look and. If I was on a train or something, I would go to the, you know, the, the newsstand and see what Dread yeah. was up to or something. <laughs> and and then it's sort of, again, yeah, sort of getting into the 2000s, the, 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 you know, the, the sort of early 2000s. I'm, Absolutely. I'm back. And and uh, and you're one of the reasons I'm back, you know, because oh, I, I started listening to the podcast and thought, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I should uh, – start getting into this again and, absolutely um, yeah i think there's fun stuff in in the current in the current progs for sure um and yeah i you know it makes me like as much as as i'm nervous of as we get further into the 90s i'm still like no matter what happens i've always got this light at the end of the tunnel of like yeah. well like you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. In like yeah. 2002 it seems like everybody comes back so like you yeah know, yeah it's, there's gotta be well, something going on there's all the weird stuff. I, I don't know. Sorry if you've already talked about this, but because in the UK too, you've got in the mid nineties, it's all tied up with that kind of um, the lad culture and all of that mm. stuff, isn't it? And it all starts to kind of get a bit, a bit odd. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember the American yeah. version of it, certainly. I mean Yeah, I mean you had loaded magazine, you know, it was yeah, yeah loaded magazine and that kind of era and there's those weird 2018 adverts, isn't it, where it was like not for girls and things like that, right. which was all very or various space babes type things. Yeah, and it was all a bit. Yeah, I will get yeah. to it eventually. It's going to be very an exciting time, I think. Just as yeah. we as we move through these comics, <laughs> you know? but it, it, it's that weird era where you could be you could be badly behaved as long as you're doing it ironically. Somehow that made it okay. Absolutely, yeah. So oh, yeah. You, I'm, no. being, I'm being a jerk, but I'm I'm being ironic about right. it. Right. Yeah. My eyebrows it's raised, okay. so it's 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 fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I again, I I remember the time. <laughs> Certainly, yeah, it was like, a really weird time to be a teenager. A I'll yeah. say that much. Yeah. Oh crumbs. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. So, do you remember this special itself coming out? Um. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, so this would have been... I would have got this at the time, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I kind of remember the cover and everything. So, yeah, and I, and I would have got it. And I probably... <laughs> probably would have been a bit disappointed. Would you have, <laughs> would you have known these characters, I guess? Um, uh, well, probably only because, only because of um, the reprints, right? Because there would mm -hmm. have been... I think Steel Claw would have been in annuals and things like that yeah. reprints right and um yeah and uh and kelly's eye the, the oh did, yeah he'd already been in a universal soldier at this yeah point. he'd been in universal soldier yeah so i didn't i didn't i'd have known him so yeah probably still claw i'd have known um yeah and i might i I, th I mean don't they say oh crumbs i'm getting my cursors and my uh, <laughs> dr sins mixed up didn't they appear in well doc i mean we'll we should talk about it when we get to the thrill yeah, itself, yeah, doctor yeah. dr sins kind of a weird one to be in yes here, to be honest yeah definitely yeah but i think didn't someone said but they yeah. cropped up in a misty or a, oh yeah yeah i mean yeah a, I'll, I'll i'll talk about then too yeah. i mean um dr sins yeah. showed up in the Modern Misty, Misty specials, yeah, okay. screaming Misty specials, yeah. Ah, cool, yeah. But I would have known, I would have known um, Steel Claw and um, and Kelly's Eye, yeah. Probably the others, maybe not so familiar with. Yeah, it's really, at the time. it's such a weird thing with these characters. I guess I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess getting into it, um, yeah. This action special, from what I can tell, it seems to be a brainchild of a sub edit of current sub editor. Of 2008, Alan McKenzie, who did the editing, who edited this uh, collection of stories. Uh, um, and, you know, it's clearly built on the nostalgia for these older British comics characters. But I think we talked about this before the show. It's just sort of like, it's really weird to me just, you know, because I, I, I have no background in these characters at all, of course. Uh, so it's uh, sort of like, okay, like this, these guys seem weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I was just saying, even to me, I was kind of like, who? These are these. Who are these? <laughs> you know, especially and, because uh, so many of these comics are actually like modern takes on the old yes. character. Like it's not even like the baseline character. It's like, oh, here's the modern version of it, basically. Yeah, and even the weird thing of, um, I, you know, I think I've seen a few people talk about this. Even the whole thing of calling it action 
kind of yeah well like i said like yeah because that's a reference to a whole different old british comic right because you're thinking oh is this about you know hookjaw and yeah death race 1990 you know is it is yeah you know my boy dredger death yeah or death yeah yeah is it is it that stuff and and then and then and then i was thinking about this and and then it's kind of even odder but in a in a weird kind of a way in my head the 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 action comic was almost a kind of a reaction against Mm -hmm. some of these traditional characters right it's specifically not being another world war ii comic or one of these (laughs) kind of weird criminals turned crime fighter (laughs) classic british comic character yeah, you know the Pat Mills thing of like everybody, you know, there aren't any working class heroes and things mm-hmm. like that, and and these are, you know, right, all know. these all these rich diamond thieves, yes, <laughs> whatever. yeah, yeah. So it kind of seems weird, again, doubly weird to call it action when it's yeah. almost, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like you Action. said, yeah, we, we've seen some of these guys in 2080 annuals and specials and stuff when they had to print the old school stuff. And, of course, Kelly was in this most recent Universal Soldier story. Mm. Um, and here's where I just want to mention the elephant in the room, which is that pretty much all of these – well, maybe not Kelly or Dr. Sin, I guess, but all the rest of the guys in this in this comic are not owned by the Maxwell Corporation, the copyrights. Yes. They do not have the copyright on them at all. Um, yes. Basically, when <laughs> Maxwell bought like 2000 AD and like its intellectual property, it didn't get the IPC like backlogs basically. Uh. And so yeah. this is like a weird outlaw comic, basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I kind of think, yeah, when you said, uh, let's read this one, I was like, oh, am I going to get into trouble for, uh, hey, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Listen, copyright police are going to come for me. The copyright police, will t- you know, they're, they'll have their hands full with just me using all the music in the course of this com- <laughs> yeah, yeah. of this podcast. So don't worry. Everybody else is, is small fry. You know, they'll they'll just just take the plea deal to take me down. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could still pick it. You could still pick it up. So you know, nobody's yeah. um, put a you know a ban in order or something. Right. It's yeah. Like a- and I guess eventually all these all these characters would be bought by DC, and then many of them would be used in their um, Albion comic that came out mm-hmm. a couple years ago. That sort of also ha- you know has a lot of these same guys and stuff like that. Like if you want to see how my tech is being held in a cave underneath Cursed or Doom's mansion or whatever, that's where you want to go, I guess. <laughs> have you read Have you read Albion? Did you I have it. I just it? sort of looked around at it yeah. a little bit, but uh, it's definitely no, me neither. Now it's kind of on my list just because it's one of these ones that's adjacent to other stuff that you know one of these another another tentacle snaking out of like well i guess i gotta i should read this to get more context for other (laughs) stuff i suppose or see alternate views of this stuff um i don't know but it seems like it seems to me sorry you go no 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 no, please go ahead i i was just going to say no before i get too before i sound like i'm being too down on it um uh, again i was sort of thinking about it well in some ways, it does kind of make sense that they would do this because, because of course, 2000 AD starts originally with an with the big story is the updating of Dan Dare, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, so there, so 2000 AD since the beginning has had that thing of 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 
of I guess what would we call it now rebooting yeah you know? yeah like a, a dark um, a dark reboot or something yeah like that. that's what all a lot yeah. of the stories feel like and I feel like yeah. that's actually a big thing maybe not yet in the 90s but sort of coming on in the 90s I guess I'm thinking of like they did that movie for the Phantom. And also mm. a movie for The Shadow, I guess, which mm. were both sort of these yeah, yeah, yeah. taking these old time superheroes and trying yeah. to, if not modernize them, at least take kind of a modern a modern take on them or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and things like that. At the time, I any I mainly would have heard of The Shadow because that was an inspiration for Batman and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah and, and then yeah, and then yeah, because well, and 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 I was kind of thinking, well, this is a bit of a yeah, like as you were saying at the time, this is quite, or this, I don't know, maybe I'm stretching it a bit, but this this was kind of a thing that was going on, wasn't it? Because yeah. you had um, you had um, Warrior, where you had, I don't even know, talking about copyright police, where you had Marvel Man or Miracle <laughs> Man being um, yeah, I think- sort of, you know, this is Alan Moore's thing, isn't it? Is he, he, he does it to Swamp Thing, doesn't he? He, mm-hmm. he gets these characters and then... Yeah, I think know, this... This like it's like my podcast is probably not the best place to fully investigate it, I think, because it does. I don't know how much it comes into all of 2000 AD, but there Mm. is I do really remember this sort of this big nostalgia for low culture, I guess you might call it in like the 90s, I guess. Um, where people got really like when it's the same thing that'll bring like swing back, like for a brief period in the 90s or something like that, or just sort of like, here's look at these, look at this old stuff that like isn't like the classy old stuff, but kind of like the kitschy old stuff, you know, people wearing bowling shirts or things like that. Such a big deal in the 90s, and I feel like this might be part of that, I guess, like looking at thinking, like, oh, like, like these old comic books are, are an interesting thing and not just like trash for kids or something i don't know yeah absolutely yeah this kind of uh yeah looking i guess people trying to look in the past for kind of newer things that they didn't know so much about but yeah. um but i do find it i do find it interesting that they just won't let you know people the creators sometimes i wonder if the creators are more interested in these old-timey comic book characters i mean i would say that that this actions this action special this is a uh this is a comic book writer's comic book or comic book workers got um um, um, creatives comic where it's very much like look at these old guys from my past and it's like okay like i know those guys i guess but anyway um and i guess speaking of that i should mention that i want to give a a big shout out to the website um internationalhero.co.uk which Mm. I've shouted out in the past because they had a big breakdown of the references to characters in uh, Zenith Phase 3. But they Mm. also just kind of have a database of, like, British comic book characters, basically. Yeah. And so I was able to – so I I refer to them a lot for just to get some backstory about a lot of the characters in this special Mm. because otherwise it's hard to know. (laughs) Mm. I, th- I think I might have been looking there too. So, <laughs> like, if you you're not alone, it'll come up if you search some of these. Like, you know, you just you don't get a lot of webs. Like, a, you, you can get pretty deep into the internet if you search like <laughs> Cursed or Doom or something like that. There's just not a lot of mainstream um, hits, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but with that, let's get into this. Let's get into this special. Oh man, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So the cover is by Brandon McCarthy and has a montage of characters from inside the comic, including uh, Kelly, the Steel Claws Claw, the Robo MyTech we'll see in that story, and a more classic version of the spider, not the new, not the new spider mm. this time. Mm. <laughs> it's very. And he yeah. doesn't. Oh, go ahead, please. He doesn't use his. Does he not have his name on the front, McCarthy? He's got no. It? There's just it's like in the corner. I see it's signed like uh, Zazazoni or something like yeah, that. yeah. And I don't. And there's no um, credits, like cover credit inside the no. that I can see. Yeah, very mysterious. Um, but it, I mean, it's obviously one of his, isn't it? Oh yeah. No, if you know the look, I mean, you can yeah. Yeah, clearly see it for sure. Um, I'll say also that I to me like. The font of the cover here, maybe it's because of like the way this T is, the, the T and the I are drawn or something, really reminded me of like uh, Japanese uh, katanka writing, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. if, like it's a similar, like it's a similar thing to the cover of like Shonen Jump or something like that. Like the, the yeah. writing on the cover of a Japanese comic, maybe like, like if you told me this was a 2000 AD, like a manga edition or yeah. something like that, I would buy yeah, it. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It really has that. Yeah. Like they're trying to do. Yeah. When, when did Akira come out? Were they trying to? This is like right in the height of it, actually. We're seeing tons yeah. of ads in the in the magazine for like importers bringing in this first wave of anime and stuff to um, um, to yeah. the UK. Yeah. So, so then that might have been yeah, it's a definitely little sneaky way to pull in some yeah, trying to be cool, unsuspecting yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then on the inside cover, there's a table of contents and we see all of our heroes sort of running towards us in a very sort of a Saturday morning cartoon. I don't know, opening yeah. sequence kind of thing here. Um, yeah. It's uh, drawn by uh, Tim Bollard, although it's on the side. He's, he's written his name for a second. I thought it said Ball and I was like, what? Mm. No. Yeah, me it's, too. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. a li- listen. If, I feel like if, they, if, if Brian Ball and drew something, it would be, it would, yeah, it, no, they, yeah, they would yeah. put it on the cover. It wouldn't be on the inside yeah. cover, you know, that'd be, and I, that's, and that's top heavy, you know. And I thought it kind of almost looked a little bit like Greg Ewins, I thought as well. Mm-hmm. The art, you know, if he was trying to do that style, I didn't. Yeah, this this sort of square, like a like a uh, chop, like a squared off lines and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I should say um, the the table of contents also has a dedication to uh, Sid Bicknell, who was a mm. writer and editor of old school Brit comics for many years and helped consult on this um, volume. Mm. But I should mm-hmm. also mention that the table of contents is really weird because it's wrong. I guess. Oh. Like, you'll see that, like, it says, oh, I don't yeah. know, maybe it's different in a uh, print copy, but in the in the scan, when I've got, like, the table of contents says the feature Tales Before Dread Time comes second, but it comes, like, sixths, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, and there's no, an eighth, right, yeah. And there's a feature called Legend Home is the Hero that looks like a two-page kind of thing that doesn't appear in the comic at all, you know? <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd missed that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and Kelly's eye is... Listed at the second last. And, yeah, that's all that yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a uh, yeah. It's 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 out of order. Which you know, like I don't know. Get it together, everybody. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Because I heard you mention, I think in one of the recent uh, episodes, you mentioned Sid Bicknell in in um, yes, yeah. Up he as also well, had a he also had a memorial in uh, in a nerve in a nerve center in January of a uh, ninety two as well. Yeah, and I guess he's one of those. Um, I, I don't know. He, he kind of made he wasn't he? Is he's one of those kind of you know World War Two veterans? Yeah, that he Pat was, Mills writes about. Yeah, you know, one, one uh, of these one of these comics lifers. It seems like yeah. like they have a. I found an obituary of him where they talk about yeah he was like you know operated a landing craft on D Day and then came back to civilian life and got into uh, graphic design and then in comics and then just sort of did that like until he died almost yeah. <laughs> basically like just sort of this old old, old time in this industry it's it's a crazy thing yeah he's one of those yeah it's just funny to sort of see a name when you hear about these figures if you read the Pat Mills books and right think, yeah. he's one of those guys Very that was these, like w- you know one of these side characters in serial killer yeah. or whatever else you know? yeah yeah and he um did you see the thing uh, one of the things I saw about him said that he had um edited or co-edited talking about action that he was mm-hmm. when it came came back in the cleaned up version ah he was, brought in brought in an, uh, a, a steady hand for yeah, the yeah version. he was the guy they brought in <laughs> to clean it up so uh, that's funny i know they said a couple good. like i i know i saw one obituary where they specifically shouted out that like he sort of originated a character that then, like, John Wagner took over and did work on or something like that. Mm. <laughs> you know, these sort of – these machinations, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating stuff. I love it. Yeah, this you know all these ballroom or a backroom intrigue and stuff. And hey, speaking yeah. speaking of uh, of a mysterious machinations, I, I <laughs> let's get going with thrill one steel claw. <laughs> Script robot Peter Hogan, art robot Sean Phillips, lettering robot Annie Parkhouse. Look, they aren't robots in the action special, but I got a format. So it's hard to be <laughs> yeah. breaking, you know? So they'll, they'll always be robots to me. Yeah, come on, whatever. It's fine. Uh, transhumanism. Um, <laughs> so, Steel Claw, this character, Lewis Crandall, he lost his hand in a lab accident and got a robot prosthetic as a replacement. But when the claw gets like electrocuted, it makes him, but not the claw, invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost thought that just kind of freaked me out. <laughs> this kind of floating, floating hand. hand. Whoa. A bit of a drawback to the invisibility. But yeah, then uh, as time goes by, as you do, of course, later gadgets would be added on. I think it could shoot missiles and stuff like that at some point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we saw a story of his reprinted in the 1980 sci-fi special, our episode 50. And, you know, um, it's sort of this classic guy, I guess. Um, I believe Rebellion uh, has recently put out a, a Steel Claw collection in, as part of their uh, treasury of uh, British comics. Yeah, because I oh I remember when, and I would have seen him too. Uh, I was looking at because um, quality comics they did the kind of mm-hmm. uh, the US reprints of 2000 AD stuff. Right. Yeah, I and know. they would sort yeah. of color it. And they did a steel claw thing. That's sort of, is that dead skin he, when he kind of right, right, yeah. I think I know. I've seen some some steel claw stuff. Just sort of, I feel like it's been filler in a couple of uh, reprints and stuff like yeah. that as well. Or just sort of like we need some extra vaguely spy things or something yeah. like that. So let's toss it in here. <laughs> yeah, and they got. I think they got Gary Leach to do some 
covers and things like that when they did these reprints, these mm-hmm. quality comic things. But um, I yeah, so that, I, yeah. That's, yeah. I vaguely, again, that's another reason I would have seen this Steel Claw. Yeah, I would thought. say he's probably Steel Claw. Seems like like the the main, like like he's like the Dan Dare of this one, or just <laughs> like he's the one that I feel like people have heard of him. Just because I've heard of, I'd heard of him the most, so I feel like most. I you know I'm 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 projecting that onto everybody else, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Good. So we see the the Steel Claw. You know, it's this black, like, kind of clawy kind of hand getting a dossier for a Target along with an American Express card and some fake documents. Mm-hmm. Um, as we, as in a narration, Crandall reflects on his past as a thief and then secret agent. We see he's being briefed by just kind of a government type guy. Um, about and also that you know as they're talking of course he's doing his invisibility thing where he's completely vis- he's 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 invisible except for the claw and the clothes he's wearing and stuff like that and because I, it's um uh, sorry because it's edgy in the 90s he smoked oh yeah that's how you know he's cool yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> what i do like when they're opening things up is that um the um, government guy is describing the job and says it's a nice indoor job because you've got to realize that like when the steel claw does his thing, he is naked while he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> you know? yeah, you gotta, yeah, I'd vote that. Yeah, you got you, you to take you got to take the setting into account. You know, if it's like an outdoor yeah, yeah, yeah. outdoor job, that's a pain. That's like literally a pain in the ass yeah. sometimes. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but he's been tasked with killing a man named Hoskins, who's a government agent that's gone bad. So Crandall's off to Paris to take care of him with minimum, like, fuss and all, you know, government um, assassination stuff. Later, we see mm-hmm. this same suit talking to kind of a fat, higher-ranking suit guy, sort of an M mm. or something like that. I thought it was a bit of a, a king channeling the kingpin or something. Ooh, yes. He's got a very mm-hmm. – yeah. he's got hair, but a very kingpin kind yeah. of look. Or actually even maybe – oh, God, this is like – this is my terrible 2000 AD brain, but like that one dude with the man bun that was like the head of the uh, of the assassins that were going up against Rogue Trooper when he was doing the hit storyline or something. Oh, wow. Like yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm yeah, a, I'm yeah. a, I don't like that. I, I, I can think of these things. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they're both uneasy about Crandall like he's sort of you know he doesn't listen he plays by his own rules he, he's <laughs> on the edge etc <laughs> but they're yeah, still, they'll still almost, use him I guess yeah. yeah it kind of almost felt like um, almost felt like a more like a dredger story in that it's got a very both yeah. kind of like the behind the scenes talking of a dre- of dredger or like six million dollar man also mm. sort of where you've got this secret agent who's got superhuman powers and the suits aren't happy about it. Mach one as well, actually. That kind mm. of thing. Mm. Um, but so anyway, we see a visible and gloved Crandall take a boat to Paris and check in. I really like this um, part by by Phillips here. It's just these very like. There's like six panels that are each page width and then sort of smushed together. And it kind of creates yeah. this montage feel of Crandall, like going through customs and arriving in Paris yeah. and then just kind of waiting around doing Paris things until he gets contacted yeah. for the job. You know? Yeah. yeah it's just very kind of uh, – the art's fantastic, isn't it? 
Okay. Yeah, it's I mean, I love noirish. Films. Yeah, th- this is a really dark, moody kind of story. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, sort of the scratchy. You know, it's like he's scribbled on it, hasn't he? Yeah. And some of the panels and the. So it did take me a while to work out on one of the pages when he's in the hotel. Like it took me a while to work out that that's his watch floating in midair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a top of page he's, eight. Yeah, he's, he's practicing being invisible. Yeah, and you just yeah. see the glove. Like, yeah, watch is that? <laughs> totally. But eventually he gets the call and um, goes to kill um, Hoskins. There's a pretty, I, I thought it was a, fu- a funny moment where he plugs his claw into a wall socket to turn yeah. invisible. Like, good thing he brought an adapter for friends, yeah, you know? exactly. I thought the whole mission <laughs> depended on uh, someone bringing the right adapter on all of that. Oh, God, I forgot it. Oh, no, <laughs> I got to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so eventually, so then a presumably naked Cramble, Crandall goes yeah. to Hoskins' room, knocks on the door, and basically just sort of grabs him and chokes him to death, basically. Yeah. Again, some pretty yeah. decent action, but it is over pretty quickly um, as, as these things go. Later at a park, Crandall talks to a different older man and saying mm. that he's starting to enjoy these killings, basically. And he sort of talks mm. about, I don't know, like the release he feels emotionally when he kills somebody or something like that. Mm. And, and are, we, oh, are we supposed to know who he is, do you think? I is this some reference know. that we've both missed? I guess I'll like I guess I assume so. Like, I don't know. It, it ends with him saying this and then the older guy saying, now you're re- finally learning how to really kill. And that's the end of it. Like, okay, mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like most of the stories in this. You really get the feeling that it's all attempting to... I don't know. I mean, this uh, definitely bigger things. Yeah, it? this definitely feels like a like 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 we were talking about like a gritty reboot, you know, of the mm. Steel Claw as this assassin who's having second thoughts and or sort of slipping into being just a psychopath or something, which is of course also a very popular trope of the nineties. I feel mm. like I, I feel kind like of a, thought yeah. they were being risky. To you know, like you said, with the American experience, I'm, I'm thinking of like you know how how they got into trouble with the cursed earth with the um, the brands. Mm-hmm. But like, and, I don't, and, yeah, uh, it's so vague there. I doubt they'd they'd worry about it too uh, much. I guess. Um, and but... you got the Tom- Thomas Cook holidays. I don't know. That was a British <laughs> holiday firm. You know, that's funny. Yeah, these little little side things. Oh, you got to make it real. I guess. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I thought this was okay. I really like Sean Phillips' um, art for this one. Um, yeah, mm. al- always a fan of Phillips for sure. Can I? Um, I almost have a Sean Phillips story for you. Okay, but it's not very good. Oh no! <laughs> wow, well, no, it's more of a. I um, I was on a panel at the um, Portsmouth po- uh, Comic Con a couple of years ago, and I was so excited because I was because Sean Phillips was going to be on that panel. Uh-huh. And then he forgot. Oh, no! <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh, a near they, miss. Oh, no. I know. But, <laughs> but they did send, as a replacement, who was fantastic, was Gary Erskine. Oh, nice. Who, yeah, um, I, I know that name, who, for sure. Who, who's done some 2008 stuff, and he was absolutely brilliant. But I, I, I was like, oh, I could have had a Sean Phillips story. <laughs> Oh, you know, swings and roundabouts, I'm sure. All all work out in the end. But, hey, speaking of questions of fate and and determination, (laughs) 
Let's go to Thrill to Curse It or Doom. Script robot John Tomlinson, art robot Jim Bakey, lettering robot Gordon Robson. So uh, Curse It or Doom is a paranormal investigator. I guess he had a sidekick named uh, Angus McCraggan. And apparently, back in the day, Jim Bakey did do some artwork on the original run of this story in the Smash comic. So oh, okay. Like a sort of a, a, a homecoming or something. And I'm oh, always yeah. a sucker for, for Jim Bakey's uh, Black and oh, White. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it so yeah, much. Yeah. Just from, you know, yeah. I think back to Skiz and then, you know, all this other yeah. stuff. That's fun. Yeah. So th- this story is called The Man Who Died Every Day and starts off with a man asking if we dream in color as he drives a big sedan through a rainy night. Kind of gives the um, ending away a little bit, doesn't it? The kind of. A little bit of a yeah, spoiler. Yeah, you're there. right, actually. Although, I mean, I don't know. It could, like, it's it's more one of the ones where, or to me at least, one of these ones where you you get to the end and then the title makes sense, I guess, yeah. as opposed yeah. to, like, I don't know, the title, you see the title and then you're sort of, I don't know, like, it's, like you end up waiting for something. I don't know. I, I like this one, so I'm, I might mm. be quick to defend it or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so... Nice. A man pops out of the back seat of this guy's car, stabs him with a big knife, and the car crashes into a tree as the murderer just keeps stabbing through the flames. Then the guy driving the car, Pat Rummaker, psychic investigator, uh, starts awake and is comforted by his wife or his girlfriend, you know, some lady in his bed, basically, I guess, uh, Nina. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she says she hates the showbiz glitz and glamour, but as he gets up, he's, it's clear he loves it. As we then cut to Pat as the host of a TV show debunking psychic stuff. Um, he's, uh, yeah, that's the thing you say about the Jim Baker. He really, that, that kind of manic look, he does really well, doesn't he? The teeth mm-hmm. and the grin. and the, Absolutely. Know, he, he kind of draws crazy well. Absolutely. Yeah. There's this really great two panel thing where it sort of shifts from him, um, like at the, like in like a bathrobe, I guess, in like his bedroom or something with like his eyes closed and kind of in shadow, then to him like made up and like hosting this show and like a big, like big smile that doesn't reach his mm. eyes on his face mm. and stuff like that. A lot of teeth, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Is he, is he, he's supposed to be American, isn't he? Is he supposed to be American? I mean, this, this character This character really reminds me of, um, I guess, Yuri Geller would do this. Um, yeah, this yeah, yeah. Debunking yeah. psychics and things. And he had a show where they would, like we'll see here, to kind of bring on people who claim to have powers. And then he'd sort of debunk them live on, on TV and stuff like that. I believe yeah, it was a similar... Yeah. I remember when I was looking around this one, someone mentioned a similar thing in England, but I forget the name of that character. I forgot to write it down because I am a fool. (laughs) (laughs) But Pat brings out or uh, Rummaker brings out an older woman named Nettie Legris or Legree who uses psychometry to help the police find killers, a term I know because Judge Anderson does it all the time. Um, (laughs) She then unsuccessfully cold reads some plain old items on a table, just like a, a can opener she says will be part of an attempted murder and a hunting knife that will have so much hatred behind it when it's also used as a murder, but it's actually a knife that belongs to her own son. Mm. But oh. he sort of reveals these things and she's totally embarrassed and kind of disappears um, off the stage. Pat then brings yeah. out his... Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, it also made me think of uh, uh, the Stephen King, The Dead Zone. That's his thing, isn't it? The mm-hmm. character in that who uh, helps the police find murderers and yeah. things, isn't it? Thank Absolutely. Yeah, and then also, like, very – there's a bunch of TV shows that are like that, are actually, like, fake versions mm-hmm. of it, I guess, like, here in the States, at least, like, Psych or The Mentalist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so R- Rumiker, um brings out his next guest – Cursitor Doom. It, yeah, it seems Pat wrote a book about Cursitor, calling him a Montebank. Oh no, the greatest insult. Uh, <laughs> the two of them spar a bit over Doom's backstory because it seems he's like over a hundred years old and does all this magic stuff, etc. Um, but then they get to a point where Doom asks if Rumiker has been having nightmares recently. Ooh. And <laughs> Rumiker shrugs him off. They like pull the audience, I guess. And it seems like, ah, yeah. most people, most people have nightmares these days. We live in a terrifying yeah. hellscape. It's fine. What I like the can't, re- I can't remember. I like is my favorite <laughs> yeah, category. Yeah. 58% yes, yeah. 27% no, 15% can't remember my dreams, man. <laughs> No. Um, Doom then describes the nightmare we saw at the start of the comic precisely. And then things start getting weird as he sort of starts talking about things that are going to happen in the past tense, basically. He says that in two months, Mrs. Legree will kill herself and out of grief, her son, uh, pe- her son will sneak into Pat's car and kill him. Oh no! Uh-oh. Like the dream that he saw. Yeah. It's like the you know the dream that you're having is called you know that you're having is real and it's already happened. There's nothing you can do. He killed you, man! Freak out. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, Rumiker does freak out. Um, and one thing he, and, uh, besides calling for security and stuff, he grabs that can opener from the earlier display and uses it to slash across do cursed or doom's throat. Oh no. He falls into, he falls dead in a pile of blood, but then he's not actually dead because listen, buddy, I'm cursed or doom. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm just visiting the tenth circle of hell, whereas you're soaking in it, etc. The TV host runs to go find Nina, but Cursor says she left him six months before his death. So we're just all crumbling down. Pat runs out into the rainy night, remembering the breakup he had with Nina, and then he gets into his car and drives off right into the start of the story. Spooky! Yeah, it's one of those, he was already dead all the time. Yeah, but I don't know, I like this one. I thought that it had, I liked its spooky, its spookiness level, I guess. Like, yeah. You know, as a as a long term Doctor Strange fan, I'm always a fan of a uh, of a mysterious cool. mystic dude coming in and just dropping some knowledge on a on a skeptic. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. These yeah. Are- I like it. Um, you got a, you got uh, Curses of Doom's a bald guy, and I feel we should have more bald guys in comic books. Just <laughs> a personal, just a thought. Yeah, fair. Uh, and uh, yeah, he kind of. I was thinking, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess it's got that kind of future shock idea. Absolutely. It also also kind of makes me think of, um, I don't know, sort of of like a Tales from the Crypt, kind of Crypt Keeper type thing. Mm -hmm. But you've got... But where you've got the Crypt Keeper actually in the story, though. Right. uh, Yeah, that is a twist, because usually... 
these anthology stories with a host. I'm thinking like uh, the collector and the new eagle or mm. something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They rarely actually take part in the story. And so I think yeah. it would be interesting just to see, I don't know, just like if they redid this, if if they made this a series of just a series of in, of increasingly um, uh, um, jerkier dudes that Cursed or Doom just shows yeah, up yeah, to yeah, and yeah, condemns yeah, to yeah. hell or something like that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I could be into that, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess it could, it could work. I don't know, maybe the, the format would stretch a bit, but I don't know. I mean, I'd 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 see I'd like him to give it a go. I guess I don't know. Mm. <laughs> it could turn into just sort of regular ghost busting or something like that too. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. thought again. Sorry, I'm getting obsessed with logos. I was also trying to work out what the as he rushes out of the TV studio. I was trying to work out what TV station it was. So I was uh-huh. looking at the little logo there. So I'm just obsessed with all the little logos of real life companies that crop up in this special. Definitely. And, yeah, there's um, a bunch of like Bakey has some fun background stuff as you sort of go through this. Like, I think it's it's kind of funny that where Nina breaks up with Pat, they're in this bar that's got a ton of horseshoes on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. when. Pat is uh, is interviewed in Cursed or Doom. He's sitting on this uh, question mark couch that I think yeah. is really awesome. Love a yeah, yeah, love yeah, a weird yeah. couch, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. hey, t- speaking of uh, characters that are sitting uncomfortably, let's <laughs> go to Thrill Three Kelly's Eye. Script robot Alan McKenzie, art robot Brett Ewins, letting robot Annie Parkhouse. So this is the one I know the best, I guess, um, just because we've yeah. seen Kelly in the pages of 2000 AD with this creative team uh, for yeah. that last Universal Soldier story. And he, yeah. Kelly will also be getting a solo story in early 1993. Mm. Okay. And of course, this is classic um, uh, Alan McKenzie adding in some plot development for the characters he's writing in a yeah. special. We see it every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a fan of that, isn't he? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Bless him. um, And and we get another, and and I like this one too, just because it's another one. It's another classic artist like Bakey Buins doing black and white, which is a little unusual Mm. for him these days. But I think it's so great. You know, that's where I fell in love with Brett Ewins, and so I really appreciate Mm. his uh, black and white work here. So again, I thought it was interesting. Is there's no um, breaks. In the in the special, I don't know if this ties up with what you were saying about the contents. There's not any ads, is there? There's no adverts. No, and there's I mean no there's breaks. The, there, there's generally no ads in in specials. Maybe there'll ah, be uh-huh. a Forbidden Planet ad or something, yeah. and at the end of the special or something, or like sort of a like this, like here's how to subscribe to more comics or something. But generally, there aren't See? a ton of breaks in specials. Uh, like well, there's. That's so, poor recall on my part. I should have known. Nah, you know, I mean, it's it, it, <laughs> 2000 AD's got plenty of ads, so it's fine. But, yeah. I mean, sometimes they'll ha- like what I do appreciate about this special is that they're actually like there's very little filler, actually. Mm. And many of these comics or are, are actually quite long as well. So they're mm. definitely they're definitely trying. Mm. Like I, mm. I I would say that like you could easily you could easily have done this special with half as many stories and then yeah. done like an original story and a reprint or something. Or maybe yeah. you couldn't because you don't have the rights to the old comics. But I mean, in, yeah. in, th- in theory, you could have. You know? Yeah, no, since again, this is me being a rookie error. It was almost like when you go straight 
into the, the the Kelly's eye story, I'm almost like, oh, we're on a new story now. Yeah, well, you know, what, like what, two what, pages together. Yeah. yeah, what is weird, I think, is that they do pretty much all these stories have a page or two before you get the title of the story. Like they yeah. all have like cold opens, like a TV show or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, which, absolutely. Which is a little unusual, I think. Usually in these specials, you will kind of have the logo and the name of the story, like on the first page yeah. of the story, just so you kind of know what's going on and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so here we go. Um, Tim Kelly, he's a character. He's got a jewel necklace that makes him immune to all harm. He's invulnerable and stuff, although... I guess now it's been fused to his chest so we don't have to have plot lines about how, oh, my necklace fell off. What am I to do? You know? Yeah. That was half the stories, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, you got to think it is because it's yeah. hard to go somewhere from I am invulnerable, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what's the conflict, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but so at the Portman Down Research Establishment in the distant future of 1995, a bunch of boffins <laughs> look at machines measuring pain thresholds, part of experiments on a weepy-eyed Kelly himself. Oh, they just blasted him with lasers to see how much pain he can take or something like that. <laughs> the next day, a nurse makes him take a pill and disapproves that he's going out with this lady named Miss Ashford because she's dumb and always in the tabloids and stuff like that. I don't know. They're very careful. I don't know if this is, uh, you know, like Chekhov's muscles. They're very, um, you know, they're yeah. very careful to set up that this is a, a nurse who looks like she could take care of herself. Yes, yeah, solidly built. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, Kelly can't go on a date tonight because he's got an appointment with the prime minister. Mm. And, what's yeah, and, and in what's clearly <laughs> just the same couple stock photos of number 10 over and over again. Yeah. Well, a little bit, uh, yeah, creative use of the photocopier there. <laughs> like, there's clearly at least two pictures being used because the, the Bobby in front of the door changes his hand position <laughs> partway through, but that's about it. Um, but there's word bubbles, and a prime minister named Mike is asking Kelly to help win a war for President Quail, which, oh, really takes <laughs> you back. But Mike refuses. Yeah. And he basically explains the fatal flaw of his character, which is that he is invulnerable, but he does still feel pain. So, you know, he's yeah. got some weakness there, you know. If you I love this bit because I thought innocent times, you know, a time when um, the, the idea of uh, Dan Quayle as president was scary. <sighs> you know? I, I can barely remember. It's just like uh, and, and, you know, and now it's like, ah, he would have been okay, you know, in comparison to recent events let's keep moving okay. yeah, I, I, did, I did wonder though when he's saying I don't know if this is any interest is he, I was trying to think who the heck does Prime Minister called Mike I thought who could yeah. that be and then I thought I wonder if it's supposed to be Michael Heseltine who you know more was, than me certainly who was I think never did become Prime Minister but was like one of the kind of politicians around the time of when sort of Thatcher was ousted. Mm -hmm. Mike, Michael Heseltine was kind of, I think, was one of the people that was in the running to take over. Uh, I mean, so certainly, calling, yeah. it, So it calling be... him Mike is kind of a good gag, right? Because he's being quite, <laughs> right. you know, possible, informal possible and names. cheeky. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and he says he didn't vote for him, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, Tim refuses. Back at the research facility, the lead doctor, Dr. Pretorius, 
talks a big game about just wanting to help Mike. And, you know, we got some research. It'd be great if you helped us out. But Kelly knows he's clearly a prisoner at this uh, research facility now. Um, as we see uh, men in black uh, rig his apartment to explode. <laughs> yeah, bad times. Back at the facility, yeah. um, Kelly realizing that the jig is up, I guess. Um uh, sneaks or sort of calls the the matron, this nurse, in to uh, to do something for him, and then ambushes her. But like you said, we do get a lot of signaling that like this is a buff lady who yeah. can handle herself in a fight. So they have a yeah. bit of a scuffle, um, and sort a lot of like yeah, like sw- like her swinging him around and into walls and stuff like that. But eventually, uh, Kelly's able to get a sleeper hold on her. And knock her out so that Kelly thus is able to steal a trench coat and escape into the night because it's 1992. And that's like the classic kind of Brett Ewins pose there, isn't it? The mm-hmm. running into the night, you know, I just, I just love that kind of look. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very, very classic image here. Um, yeah. Things finish up. It looks like... Um, the like the press is reporting that Kelly died in the explosion at his apartment um and we see his 17 year old girlfriend distraught which you know eyebrow razor as Kelly himself we see is getting aboard a boat someplace heading off to parts unknown I kind of wondered um because I can't remember much about the strip from the regular procs but it kind of almost starts to feel like he's trying to do like an incredible hulk tv series i was i was literally i was literally about to say that as he goes the incredible hulk theme plays underneath him that (laughs) showing my age the littlest hobo or something Mm -hmm. or the fugitive or yeah any fugitive like rogue trooper wander the earth getting to get solve problems that only his invulnerability can solve that stuff did they do that? Is that what they did in the no, strip? No, because oh. like, because <laughs> Kelly's eye and also the Universal Soldier story before it is like set in the future, like in the in the sci-fi future with like spaceships and stuff, and like his crystals maybe of alien origin, and I think it's just like mega corporations trying to get the get the crystal or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I admit, like, that's what it was in Universal Soldier, Kelly's Eye, I may have mostly blocked out of my memory at this point. It's it's in there waiting to be reawoken in later episodes, Uh, but I can't can't carry uh, around with me yet, you know. (laughs) We didn't get our fugitive tribute. You know... Like that sort of fugitive style definitely feels popular for British comics. Absolutely, we definitely have. Oh, of course, yeah. Like not in 2000 AD, but like I know Action had a couple. Like yeah, the Running yeah, Man yeah. was one of the those, Running for Man. Instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like there were yeah. a couple, both in like I, I'm just re- remembering from Where Eagles Dare. I think there were a couple, like just yeah. sort of we're on the road kind of stories, like. Mm. I, you know, uh, uh, Mind Wars in Star-Lord is basically that, right? Oh, <laughs> it's sort God, of yeah. Like a sci-fi version of it, but still just like, you know, yeah. we're just sort of having trouble. So we're wandering from one place to the next, kind yeah. of getting in trouble or, sol- or helping people yeah. or something. It's a good, it's a good format, actually, for mm. 
for uh, uh, an, a weekly anthology like this. Mm. You kind of keep things going and you don't – and because you're always going to a new town, it means that you can restart. Like you, you, it's easier to jump in and jump out because there's not a lot of backstory for most of the characters and stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and if you're a regular reader, you're like, oh, well, if I don't like this one, maybe the next one will be better. And, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll see – and and this one has a uh, has a thing saying yeah you, um, Kelly's eye will be continued mm. in the 2080 weekly ooh <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, as we discuss uh, oppressive corporations or something uh-huh. we go two three or four my tech the mighty script robot really side looking- of- Go ahead, please. Sorry, I'm really looking forward to you explaining this one. Ooh, I'm excited too. <laughs> Script robot Cy Spencer, art robot Shaky Kane, coloring robot Joe Flatters, letting robot Glib Glibby. Uh, more early work by writer Cy Spencer here. Won't be in the magazine until 93 and the progs the year after that. Now they do like the returners and stuff in, uh, in the magazine. Um, and I also think it's interesting to see a coloring credit, which is not that common in these oh, days. Yeah. And I'll notice that they also spell coloring the American way with no they do no you oh. in there. Freak out! Good grief, um, outrageous, outrageous. What are you doing, Glib? Come on, buddy. Oh. Um, but so okay, my tech the mighty was a giant robotic gorilla in the old school comics. Sometimes, mm. it, sometimes he needed a pilot. Sometimes he didn't. He fought various evildoers, I believe, a lot of times around sort of some African tribe that British colonialists were trying to convert to their side or something. There was an evil dwarf involved, from what I read in the recap of it. Um, but mostly I'm remembering that um, in France, the republished My Tech the Mighty was called King Kong Le Robot, which I think is pretty funny. Oh, let's go. <laughs> King Kong the Robot. Um, anyway, this my tech. This is another gritty reboot story as we see a uh, sad gorilla, the last of his kind, lamenting the fate not just of uh, other gorillas, but of uh, the African people as well. Um, now being held in prison camps by white, by white folks. Um, and when they try to protest and we see like, um, a sort of a settlement with like some, with a freedom now and a ANC, uh, graffiti on it and stuff like that. But when they start to, to riot or protest, they're always put down by a giant mecha, uh, mecha gorilla, uh, my tech, <laughs> which is real. This part, the, the mecha my tech is extremely shaky cane here this sort of yeah, yeah, jack yeah. kirby silver age robotics kind of stuff yeah. you know like someone said yeah he even looks a bit like um uh, kirby's machine man kind of thing. absolutely yeah it's got it, it, yeah it, it's got the purple of machine man i'd say his face is actually kind of if you if you put like a gorilla mouth on like dark side actually i think you would mm. be very close to what we've got with my tech here Robo yeah. my tech. Um, yeah. So yeah, so they're using this robot to keep the lo- to keep the locals in check and doing big game hunting on the weekends or something like that. All the good stuff's already been killed. As we see, this gorilla indeed gets shot by a poacher and die. Oh no! But then he starts to change. Hooray! And he becomes a giant gorilla monster. My tech lives. And I do like actually, as we see, my, uh, my, the my tech lives part is a half page 
image and then this bottom part of the page is a fake ad for these toys called uh extinct animals which are these toys of like animals that have gone extinct because of the grim future that we now live in you know (laughs) made by the evil petrochemico company absolutely although I'll, I'll mention that like you know they list like uh kangaroo like they got kangaroos chimpanzees armadillos and tyrannosaurus rexes and there's also pictures which, of like king cobras and penguins and stuff which has some weird little references in them did you see the one i didn't yeah. know the chimpanzee one is that a little planet of the apes ref- reference i mean i think it says that they flew the first uh, space missions yeah. and i believe yeah yeah monkeys were the first yeah. uh, manned space capsules that nasa sent up I'll, i want to mention just that um listen like they've got like pictures of an elephant and a chimpanzee and those that's fair enough like those are certainly endangered animals and like should be taken care of but they also got mm. again armadillos and kangaroos and like armadillos are fine like you don't get worried <laughs> About well, that's good. That's a, that's a, that's yeah, a good solid. Like you're, you're, had, you're in bad shape sorry. if they be if 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 they get um endangered. Uh, I'm uh, trying to say. <laughs> uh, I had to look up the one, the Tyrannosaurus Rex one. Did you see that one? <laughs> the the did you look it, whose name means crap folk duo? And I was I was what on earth is that? Oh, is that and, like um, that's like oh, th- th- there's that band, right? Like, um, yeah, it's a Mark Bolan reference. Right. It's T Rex, and <laughs> I didn't even. So the things you the the things you've had me wasted my time on, Colin. So the, yeah, so uh, so yeah, yeah. so Mark T Rex, Mark Bolan, he was in a duo before T Rex, who were like a psychedelic folk duo. Called mm-hmm. Tyrannosaurus Rex, so oh. there'll be muse, there'll be musos everywhere shaking their heads at me, saying, you know, of course. I feel like I'm I'm confused because I feel like I I got it mixed up in my head with Dinosaur Junior, but still similar. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Various bands. So anyway, a real we we get to the fireworks factory here, which is basically real giant ape versus robot giant ape fighting. You know, which is all the only thing I want in my life, honestly. Like, I yes. watch that quite a bit. But sadly, yeah. it's only just sort of a two-page spread here of one big punch. And then <sighs> real my tech just takes that robot apart pretty easily. And yeah. the comic ends with my tech holding the flaming fist of Mecha my tech in front of a map of Africa. I guess not implying outright saying that now Africa's free from European influence because of the power of a, of a giant, um, gi- giant gorilla. Hmm. Someone should have told Mandela all he needed was a ca- was a kaiju. Yeah. You know, yeah, we can't argue with that. That's good. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. So. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this one. This one is quite ahead of its time, really, with its its um, you know kind of anti-colonial message, isn't it? I thought Absolutely. that was pretty yeah. cool. I mean, and, and when you read the original MyTech, the origins are a bit dodgy, aren't they? It's you know these people <laughs> build it to keep the indigenous people yeah. in check. It's a uh, you know, yeah, no, and, I, I, and, uh, it's I like would... so many of these stories are kind of tied up with notions of 
you're off the hook here, but British Empire. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like when uh, when Dredger or um or Mach One like goes to some Middle Eastern country to secure the oil or something like that, you know, to to like, to stop some yeah, new yeah, communist yeah, yeah. guy or something like that. Yeah. Right? Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd say yeah. while while nowadays we talk about, you know, colonialism and stuff, this one feels very specifically anti-apartheid just, you know, from, right. of, of course, such a big deal in um, in the early 90s as that um, regime was coming to a close in South Africa. Um, but it's sort of it is weird. It is weirdly topical, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah. Do you think this? Because this is the other thing I wasn't sure. Because you were calling the the the, the you know the machine man one uh, mm-hmm. uh, mecha mytech. Uh, do you think they're trying to say that the mytech we've been following all of this time? Well, you know, I say we has is that mecha one, and this is finally the good real yes. mytech. I would say that's a, that's America. exactly it. Yeah, that yeah. um that the original ro- that that the implication here is that the original robot gorilla would eventually turn into this like tool of the apartheid state. Mm. And then, but because that robot gorilla is based on like a god of the native peoples there, that eventually all of the death and suffering caused the real original one from antiquity to then come to life and beat everybody up. <laughs> it's, it's it's a grower, this one. I mean, listen, I feel like I feel like there could be room for this. You get the right yeah. person. I yeah. don't know. Just have my. Have my tech to, similar? Oh, go ahead, please. Sorry, they tried to bring him back, didn't they? They did the smash, which I am embarrassed to admit I haven't read yet. They they brought my tech back again, didn't they? In the special, the smash special last year. Oh yeah, I think and you're it, right. And again, I was kind of, I, I was sort of thinking, oh, how are they going to deal? You know, how are they going to deal with this uh, tricky topic? So, it's very like yeah. you know we have to conf- like it's one of these things that keeps coming up like i know as we're recording this the uh the shang chi movie is about to come out um from the marvel cinematic universe where they have to deal with like the mandarin and stuff like that. Mm, like of sort course, of yeah. questionable yeah. extremely uh, of their time sort of characters yeah. you know yeah no, <laughs> it's fascinating. that way you yeah. know Absolutely. It's a fascinating topic to me, isn't it? Uh, how, you know, how do you, and I guess this was why well, fans get upset, isn't it? But, um, yeah. How do you update these things? You know, yeah. how do you deal with these, these issues that, you know, uh, these concepts that at their time were fine and now we're like, oh dear. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to blame, like, you know, and and we've talked about this, and, and we've confronted this on Space Spinner as well, but, mm. you know, you do kind of have to see 30 or 60 years ago as a different time a little bit, but then mm. sort of, you know, I think it's important to not shy away from it, I guess, or just to kind of... Oh, absolutely. And, and it try isn't to, to find say ways that, to work yeah. on it, you know. And it isn't to sort of say, oh, because it's old, it's okay. We're not saying that. Just yeah, it's just it's got, maybe... it's got a light on it, you know, like it's yes, uh, exactly. Trying to understand where these things come from, you yeah, know, and then hopefully resonates way, through yeah, time. Move, find a way to move to a better place as well, you know. Mm. Oh, we're getting serious. Here. Listen, let's let's speaking of uh, of our tales of the past, let's <laughs> decompress a little bit with Thrill Five Tales Before Dread Time. Uh, 
which is the filler I, for this special. You gotta have some. <laughs> I know you love. I know you love text in a in a special. It's comment. fine, like especially <laughs> especially when it's these documentary ones, because I feel like I can. I don't have to worry too much about figuring out what the plot of them is. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. this is, I kind, of, I kind of tend to prefer the factual ones than the fictional ones for some reason. There's That's ups and downs, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this is written by uh, Lou Stringer, and it's very much a sort of a potted history of uh, British comics, I guess. Mm. Sort of. Mm. Start. Do you know? Do you follow him? Because Lou Stringer, do you, he's quite an interesting fella. Do you? I follow him I on Twitter. I don't. I don't think I do. Sorry, off the top of my head. I oh, yeah, he could be good. It might be worth you having a look at because he writes a lot about British comics and um, and uh, he used to. I think he used to keep a blog and stuff like that. And um, and I think he still does stuff for the Beano and the Dandy and things like that. So nice. He could be. A, he could be a useful resource. You know, for for for, for researching. Um, Brit comics, isn't it? absolutely. Yeah, that, no, this looks good. I'm going to give him a, a follow as we speak. <laughs> yeah, a lot, I've learned a lot from following him. So definitely, yeah. This this world of Brit comics, you know. Um, yeah. So it sort of starts with Eagle and goes to Lion and just sort of all these different comics. And we see some characters that we've seen in various ways throughout the comics. Uh, Arch, you know, Robot Archie, Captain Hurricane, guys like that. Um, and then it actually has, after the sort more sort of generic stuff, it does have a backstory for all the characters that are in this annual, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of fit, doesn't it? It is a feature that is kind of useful, isn't it? Yeah, they definitely just kind of give us give you a chance to kind of if you're if you're new to this stuff, you can get at least mm. a little bit of backstory on on who these dudes are, which is is good. And at least it's a chance, you know. So I guess, you know, people reading it thinking, you know, where's Judge Dredd? What's going on? But yeah. At least this, this article yeah. kind of maybe at least says this, this might not be your cup of tea, but you know, there's yeah. some interesting history here. Yeah, give it a look. Come on, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of giving things a look, oh, no, <laughs> being very mysterious. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's go. Two, thrill six, the spider. Script robot Mark Miller, art robot John Higgins and David Hine, letting robot Annie Parkhouse. All right. Criminal terms, crime fighter, the spider used an exoskeleton harness to swing among rooftops to both co- or to commit acts of, ver- of various daring do. His ears are pointy and elf-like for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got the point. I got the pointy ears. I don't know. Yeah, channel yeah. and... Um... Channeling Spock or something. So, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I mean, he's got a very elvish appearance generally. I'd say yeah. very thin and like spidery or something. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. Um, <laughs> um, it, I think it's been a while since we saw John Higgins here on the podcast. I'm really stoked to have him here doing more of this black and white stuff like mm. like, a, like a Freaks, I guess, back in the mm. old days. And he's joined by a Daudamoto artist, um, David Hine, as well. And this yeah. Very yeah. moody and shadowy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your, um, what was it? What's the word I can never pronounce? Your chiaroscuro. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all these shadows, all this darkness. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So 
it's it's January 3rd, 1992, and we see two men, one pushing a cart, walk through the halls of like a big kind of mansion or something on a rainy night. And the wall and the, like the hallways lined with the barred doors, weirdos look out through them. Sort of a, you know, it's um, it's sounds of the lambs here, basically. Like, yes, I yeah yeah I I, I thought you were going to mention that yeah it's all Silence of the Lambs and um, yeah what is it what did you say I was just listening to one of your podcasts you the the upside down hanging corpses yeah, right yeah, yeah. basically yeah I, I I believe I said that in the in the 2080 yearbook but like. It's 1992, and, like, Silence of the Lambs is a huge movie, you know? Like, mm. it, it came out the previous year, I want to say? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it came out in uh, 91, yeah, yeah. and by now it's, like, won all these Oscars and all that. And, yeah. of course, you know, it's such a... Uh, it's, a, like, a genre-defining performance by Anthony Hopkins, right? And yeah. really, I think almost created this concept of like a story about a, about serial killers and stuff yeah but um, the intelligent serial killer. yeah exactly yes yeah, yes yeah, you're right yeah, yeah the, uh, the intelligent smart plotting serial yeah. killer who then maybe might like arrange their victims in some sort of horrifying way and stuff like that um and so now whenever i see and i and of course there's that one moment in silence of the lambs where you know hannibal um like gets free and you sort of you get and you know you, you you kind of walk into this big loft and there's like a body hanging in the middle of the room and it's very terrifying and there's all this stuff going on such mm. a, you know it's this a very arresting image from that and so now when there's I feel like we, we've seen a fair amount of a similar thing of like a page where there's just a body hanging from something and it's very scary. And I feel like those yeah. are all sort of like, oh, yeah, do something yeah. like Silence of the Lambs. Like that's sort of what it says in the script. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and um, yeah. just saying something, sorry, because the, the, char- the history of the character, the history of the character, because did you look into this? Because um, what there was some there was rumors i saw saying that that um jerry siegel might have had something to do with the oh, creation that, that's cool I, of, I know of that. the of uh of the spider and the, the, yeah that was something i couldn't quite pin down with people saying he's rumored to be involved i couldn't quite mm. find anything sort of you know uh, that would confirm that and um and just the other thing we we're talking about you know um being um dedicated to to sid bicknell the other thing i just loved about this was that the the character was apparently created by um head cowan and reg bun <laughs> and i just thought aren't they just these two great old-fashioned british names you know ted Absolutely. and reg yeah ted and reg <laughs> you know i just love ted and reg i just thought that was you know great. it's just a, you know it is funny to th- yeah i don't know i always get i always get i always get uh, i always chuckle and i just think of i don't know these comics being written by people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. don't just spontaneously appear, I guess, that, you know, just in general that a comic is written by somebody that then, like, goes down to the pub or something like that. Yeah. You know? uh, Instead of just sort of spontaneously appearing or whatever. That's why I guess I appreciate the concept of art droids or something. Yeah, <laughs> these, these, yeah, these two old guys stalking the corridors of King's Reach Tower, frowning at John <laughs> Wagner and Pat Mills, you know, these long-haired yeah. youngsters. <laughs> What are they? <laughs> so yeah, what do they know? Yeah. They think they're they think they're young and with it. I'm yeah. just with it. <laughs> then they change yeah. what it yeah. is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So 
these guys are walking down this hole, like, and they eventually come to the room of the spider and find him uh, hanging in the uh, corner of in the corner of the ceiling of his room, looking quite mad. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bad to say. Uh, it seems that one of these guys is a psychiatrist who is trying to help the sp- uh, the spiders, or as he calls them, David's mental problems. We see him that we learn basically that it looks like they've given him a kitten to take care of. And it's highly implied Ooh. that uh, the spider has killed this kitten and eaten it. Or at least <laughs> yes. killed it. <laughs> like he's, uh, we see a blood stain on the wall and he's licking his lips. Yeah. It's no good. <laughs> yeah. Pay for the kitten. Yeah. Uh, the doctor's trying, basically, I was a little wrong when I said he's helping with his mental problems because really what the doctor's doing is trying to find the bodies of the spider's victims. We basically mm. learned that, like, he's killed over 40 people and just kind of, like, did it while basically pretending to be a superhero or going along with the superhero craze. You know, no one really noticed it, I guess. Yeah. Or they, you uh. know. You could kind of see like serial killings being attributed to supervillains of the past or something like that. Uh, so this is another little bit of uh, rebooting revisionism going on. Then isn't I would it? say this yes. is the grittiest of reboots. Yeah, I can't, yes, I can't, yes. I can't think of a reboot grittier than what we're going to see in the course of this comic. It yes. would not be possible. Um, yes. But so this doctor is trying to find the spider's victims. And to do that, he's trying to make friends with the super fiend as opposed to a previous doctor that used like truth serums and stuff. It's going moderate as we, go, as we see the spider attack a tabloid photographer that snuck into the facility to take a picture. Uh, the spite. He's no. Um, he's no Clary Stalin, is he? No, I mean he's definitely not as good at the, as at, at this yeah. transference for sure. Yeah. As we see the spider like grab this guy, lift him up into the ceiling, and then basically and like rip his guts out with a spoon. Basically, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. very very Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves kind of situation here. <laughs> Use a spoon; it'll hurt more. Um, yeah. Eventually, they're only able to take him down with a tranquilizer dart. So afterwards, we see after the uh, spider's taken out the trank dart, we see the um, the psychiatrist walking the gloomy streets past a, a homeless encampment under an arch full of semi-mad faces staring back at him as they've closed a bunch of uh, mental health um, units and things around um, around England. This sort of a Joker crossover here, I guess, the movie. Or- yeah. Which I think is a little bit of a of a topical political mm. commentary of the time. Indeed, but yeah. I'm really looking forward to what you're going to say about the characters that he well, sees. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, from what I could tell, a lot of these guys are um, are British comic characters. They specifically shout out one guy um, claiming to be Captain Hurricane, and mm. I I will say that this feels like a reference within a reference to uh, Captain Clep. The single-page comedy comic that was in oh, 2000 the, AD? The, the, the comedy thing. The yeah, co- the, because Captain yeah, Klepp yeah. went to England, and I believe he also met a homeless Captain Hurricane under a bridge in the course of that story oh, as well. Wow. Oh, clumps. Wow. <laughs> I believe Fox and I were very confused about it at the time. Yeah. I lack the knowledge I have today. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, because Captain Hurricane's a valiant character is that right so i think so i don't know but this, yeah from, from back in the day dude so. yeah from yeah, back in the day. yeah 
So it's funny to see yeah. him out, like all these super, all these heroes out of work. A kid stops the doctor and asks if he's a whiz kid or a chipite, presumably fans. Yeah, of that one's really weird. And or chips, which is weird. Just did you look? This. Did you look that up? Did you find that one? I mean, I know Wizard and Chips were both comics that then they they merged right and became it, sort of like. Well, I feel it like, was. I feel like Wizard and Chips is what you'd get if you don't read the Beano or something like that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I, it was like um, Wizard and Chips was like one of the 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 um ipc's kind of beano sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh you know comedy comic fun factory right. strips so it's kind of really odd to see it appear here but but the thing they did is it was it's little gimmick um was that um it was supposed to be that it was wizard was the outside comic and inside was a second comic chips. Ah, interesting. Oh, and man. you and and there was a rivalry between <laughs> the two. And that and oh, that's what this is referring to. Yeah. So you you if you were a reader, you know, you had to you, you know to, pledge allegiance. To, yeah, name your side, to, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so um it's just a really odd little reference to, to yeah there's a lot in. of old comic stuff in this story specifically that isn't in the other ones i think just this pastiche so. of uh classic comics guys i guess there's also um a character who i who I, I should have looked up but didn't of um of a tri man who is another yeah. guy here who it seems has had his um super suit sewn onto his skin to keep his secret identity or something which is quite disturbing if you think about yeah, it yeah i looked this one up yeah, now this was a really weird, yeah, because this is really obscure. So fair play to Mark Miller if he's really because I looked this one up and this really took some digging. He was a character in Smash again, mm-hmm. and um, was a teen with triple superpowers, hence Tri Man. Okay, and I and I think was an attempt to do a bit of a Spider Man because I think they said Smash used to do reprints of 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 Marvel mm-hmm. and had Spider Man and stuff in there, and then at a certain point they stopped doing that, and then Tri Man was kind of an attempt to do a British version of Spider Man, and um, Ron Turner drew him. So we Ron Turner, he's done some. 2018 stuff hasn't he? he's done dread stuff so he was a bit of a spider-man copy hmm. and apparently he pops up in zenith but i, I oh i'm I sure i mean i don't like i can't remember him all these guys have a little piece in zenith i think in uh yeah. in that uh and he's, in, a, in a part three you know just with the crowd yeah he's there uh, like we said they you know the creators can't leave him alone and he <laughs> and, and i think someone says he used to have a tri-man annual and there was like yeah, tri-man yeah. does appear he is the he is on the cover of the 1971 smash annual <laughs> yeah the doctor says so that as he walks back out into the night for sure and then just another little thing sorry i'm going on too long oh, no problem. but another little thing i spotted the the being sewn into his costume mm-hmm. that that rang a bell and have you ever read martial law yes the because the, there's a character in martial law who's sewn into his costume. Oh, I don't doubt it. There's so much. Uh, yeah. So of, I kind of, of thought kind of stuff in that that uh, Pat Mills yeah. can walk. Yeah, right? yeah. The it's Pat insane. Mills and his his love of superheroes. Yeah. So, Ke- but I just thought, well, that, excuse that, me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought oh, that's I, yeah. I want that's interesting. They've been sewn into the costumes, and is that something that Miller's sort of. Uh, it definitely just feels like yeah, like a like like uh, a kinky thing to have happened, or yeah, yeah. a weird thing so, for sure. 
But so, anyway, sorry. Oh no, um, problem. Uh, just on a, on January tenth, the spider um, uh, prepares to show the doctor and a few others where he left the bodies of his victims, and there's a protest waiting for them as they go. Um, you know, as you do with these kinds of things, I guess, like that, people sort of shouting, calling him a murderer and saying he should be killed and stuff like that as he gets in on this rainy day. Soon the spider's leading the cops through an, an abandoned uh, underground station. As above, we see the father of one of the spider's victims uh, shoot a bobby with a shotgun and then sort of go after the uh, go after the team with a spider in it. Basically, we sort of will we'll be split between these two uh, plot lines here. Deep underground, the team reaches a door with a spider on it. A cop kicks the door in and they see to their horror. And this is sort of, again, the sounds of the lambs thing, just Uh, like maybe a dozen bodies hanging upside down, uh, webbed to the ceiling. Because I think the spider has web powers or a web gun or something Uh, like that as well, which is pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why have one body hanging upside down when you can have a dozen? He says, it's not much I know, but it's home. (laughs) (laughs) The cops distract, or one of the cops distracted by this horror lets his guard down and the spider attacks him and chokes him with the handcuffs that he's in and then uses him as a human shield when the other cops open fire and disappears into the blackness, leaving his handcuffs behind. Ooh, this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) He then proceeds to drop down and shadow murder the rest of the cops. Like, I think of this as kind of Batmaning, I guess. Although, you know, Batman, but still that sort of like coming out of the shadows and picking off one person at a time or something. He also does a lot of um, like getting people to shoot their own guys by accident and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like his little fetching uh, pixie boots as well. Though. Oh, listen, he's fabulous doing all this <laughs> stuff. You know, he's in his black jumpsuit. Yeah. He's clearly having a great time, you know, <laughs> it's the whole thing. Um, the doctor, the psychiatrist goes to run as the victim's father with a shotgun gets closer. And we see also dogs being let loose into the underground as the spider grabs the doctor, confronts him, sort of plays for a second about not killing him and then blows his head off. His face off, really. Um, The victim's Mm. father arrives on the scene thinking the cops will try to stop him, but instead only finds a bunch of corpses and the spider's slavering mouth full of razor sharp teeth. Oh, dear. So so were we thinking that he's eating people? I got to feel I feel like it's implied. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is a little weird is that. Like earlier in the story, we see that um, we get a pretty good close up of his teeth in the early part mm. of the story when he reveals the, about the kitten. And so it's yeah. not super clear to me if he was wearing caps or mm. filed his teeth down in the interim or something like that. It, it's hard to know. I guess he got out of a hobby when you locked him. Absolutely, yeah. Passes the time, I guess. <laughs> also, very graphic image here of the uh, of the doctor's face after it's been blown off by the pistol. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. But so that's all 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 she wrote it seems later on a subway train the spider borrows a woman's lipstick paints a red smile around his sharp-toothed mouth and clearly mm-hmm. begins to start killing. Yeah. And we got a little bit I don't know if we were trying to get a little bit of the joker there as well. It the, does have know. a very joker feel to me absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just that the way he looks at the end with the 
with the lipstick and then just sort of his very like contorted smile and eyebrows mm. and stuff like that. Like it's got almost like a like a Bruce Tim version of the Joker or something. Like mm. very, yeah, yeah. Very like a sharp version of the Joker here. Yeah. But as he disappears yeah. into the night. So, you know, again, like if you were sort of doing this one, then obviously you'd sort of balance like cops trying to find the spider and the spider running around doing crime yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, so you kind of got a collection of pilot episodes here, almost. Isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I I thought it was interesting. I don't know in um in the international hero site that I, I I mentioned earlier, like the writer that really hates this story specifically, which I can see yeah. because it is sort of taking a character who's generally you know sort of goes from hero anti-hero to to full hero and yeah. making him an insane you know murderer insane <laughs> cannibal murderer yeah yeah which is which is tough for a character you like you know no one wants yeah. to have have one of their faves um, yeah <laughs> make that jump you know yeah oh well it's not like yeah. mark miller to uh cause controversy is it mm, indeed and yeah this is probably i mean listen less than a robo hunter the better but yeah definitely, oh, no. let's not go definitely on the uh in the mo or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know in the in the profile of mark miller character, oh, certainly. but so poor, i guess mark. yeah but i mean this is that's one character who's sort of playing against type for what he is but speaking of a but i guess let's go instead to a character who doesn't really have a type uh, talk about Thrill 7, Dr. Sin. Script robot John excellent. Smith, art robot John, John Burns, letting robot Annie Parker. Yeah, so I, we, we, we touched on this briefly at the start of the episode. Mm. But Dr. Sin's basically an original character for this, for this annual. Like, there was a previous Dr. Sin story that was in the 1979 2000 AD special by... Yeah. Uh, Pat Mills and Horatio Lalia. Um, yeah. And my understanding is that that story was basically, it was just a pilot story or a, a proposed story. Yeah. And like yeah. the main reason why it was in the annual, because the original name of the story was actually Judge Dredd. And then they repurposed yes. that name for, you know, a certain lawman of the future, you know? <laughs> yeah. I might have heard of him. So, yeah. uh, but so then yeah. they, they printed it as a, as a Dr. Sid instead in this story. Yeah. And it does kind of fit, doesn't it? Because the stories, I mean, they're both you know, supernatural yeah. investigators and stuff. But in that one, Doctor Sid was a what actually looked like a cursed or doom. Basically, he does, yeah, he Bald does, yeah. With, and, with um, and it fits with the Dread history, doesn't it? Because because there were stories, weren't they, that Dread was originally going to be a, a supernatural story or something, mm -hmm. isn't it? Well, I mean, listen, Dread is a supernatural story. He, well, yeah, he yeah, turned yeah, into a werewolf, true. you know. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get like shirty here or whatever, you know. Get get pick too yeah. many nits, you know. But judge, I know, judge death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of but course, but yeah. I I know what you mean. The yeah, like I I believe I've heard that or that. Yeah, I mean that's the name or whatever. Just that there yeah. be a yeah. um, a character named Judge Dredd that would do supernatural investigations and etc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he, but and I should say that like we also mentioned, um, this character of Doctor Sin has made it to the modern day. The characters appeared in both the Vigilant and the mm. uh, Scream and Misty special as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or one of the I think the 2017 Scream and Misty special. Yeah. 
And I like also, I, I should say, just going into this, I like this is a good combination of uh, creatives, I think. You got John Smith doing some mystical body horror stuff. You got John Burns, mm. who I think can do a really good, like, like melding of this sort of small town England look with like horror or whatever. Like, this is, a yeah. good, I think this one works out pretty yeah. well. It kind of almost looks like, um, going to say uh the some of the, the the stuff almost kind of looks like your kind of metal perlin kind of look you know when you've mm-hmm. got the kind of the, the weird creature and everything you know absolutely yeah i would say that and then i actually i'd say burns is doing a lot of like this a lot of actually feels very uh jose casanovas to me as well yes like yeah trying yeah. to find where artists connects in terms of looks or whatever but anyway yeah <laughs> In the town of Wyndham, a woman worries too much as she needs a big ball of dough to make bread for her husband, but then her hands come off in the dough and she passes out from blood loss because she's got, just got hand stumps. Oh my God. It's a really disturbing image, isn't it? It's it really pretty is. bad. Yeah. Just this one image of her like looking up from the dough and just having arm stumps like ah yeah. she passes out worst episode of of bake off ever i gotta say <laughs> yeah and they yeah really making the most of the color the, the color strip absolutely yeah just this yeah. this blood-stained kitchen and stuff it's pretty good Elsewhere, uh, Dr. Sin, who I'd say here has got a very kind of, I don't know, maybe Dracula multiplied by Dr. Strange kind of look. You know, mm, got got yeah, a widow's I, peak. I, got yeah, that kind I of know like, someone. Uh, I know someone who's a Dr. Strange fan, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I mean, it's up my alley, you know, but he's got that <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, of those, one of those uh mutton shop beards with the connected mustaches and stuff. Like, you don't know. Got to... It's a very uh, classic occult kind of a look, complete yeah. with you know, like cape and tuxedo with medals or whatever. Um, and but he is holding court and telling a very small group of seemingly sleeping old people that Satan is among them and may strike at any time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back at in oh. Wyndham, the woman's husband arrives home to find her wife's torso completely gone. She's just a bloody waist and some legs and Oy. the dough is moving on elsewhere it's just sort of squelching oh, through the countryside yeah. here um it's clearly preparing to eat a yappy dog in the countryside as we then uh, cut to dr sin buying a bunch of rock and roll albums from a record store yeah. in stockbridge and warning everyone of their satanic influences as he lights them on fire in the street Oh, dear. yeah. It doesn't bode well to be a, a kitten or a, or a dog in this special. And, uh, Bad time for or, small or, pets. Or a small child. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> they burn him as back in Wyndham, little Wendy can't find her dog. So she investigates <sighs> and finds that doe waiting for her. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Later, it seems uh, Dr. C- it seems Dr. Sin lives in Wyndham and finds the cops and media outside the house of the murdered wife. A reporter recognizes him like, oh, you're the guy that solved the mystery of the lisping gargoyle. Yes. <laughs> and Sin says he'll find the culprit and sort of like does, you know, Dr. Van Helsing style poses here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. it looks like the news reporters are like, if not laughing out loud, definitely like chuckling at his uh, grandiose words, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
that night sin is decrying the indecency of a local um old lady's coffee evening <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like i i really love that all of these little things that they're clearly just making sin out to be a total crackpot like yes absolutely yeah. like weirdo yeah. like after he does this he then like starts listening to some tapes about like uh, Nazi snuff Greenpeace atrocities, you know, like oh, this Lord. with some oh, sort of weird, me. like right wing conspiracy theory yeah. or something. Uh, um, uh. like they do this. I I think it's really funny of just this, like this. Oh yeah, I think it's just uh, yeah. So tote like what someone who fought the devil would be like in real life. I mean, mm. just like they wouldn't yeah. be as cool as you'd like them to be. I think. Yeah. Um, someone was saying. Um, one of the things I read was sort of saying is it is. Because I think you've mentioned this before. You heard of Mary Whitehouse? Yes. Yeah, very Someone much. Someone sort of yeah. said, yeah, he's kind of, Dr. Sin is kind of channeling Mary Whitehouse. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Or the uh, or the church lady from Saturday Night Live, if that ever made mm. up. Yes. Could it be Satan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But in this case, it is because Dr. Sin watches TV and learns more about these demon attacks. There's beanbag chairs attacking a self-help group. Yeah, 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 that's fantastic. It's pretty good. Multiple injuries from sleeping bags, loft insulation, even uh, spaghetti. Oh, the Synthetti Man have traveled through time. Oh, no. We're back, we're back. (laughs) But... As he hears this, of course, says Sin, it's a clep-off. And he goes to his library, pulls out a big book of demons. And we learn that the clep-off is a demon that can only possess pliable material like cloth or something. But he becomes so engrossed in his reading that he doesn't realize that a voodoo doll or something, uh, a quim bandan devil doll, has been possessed by the demon and attacks him. Uh Oh, Luckily, Dr. Sin, he's made of pretty stern stuff. He grabs the doll, pins it down, and dissects it, getting I-Core everywhere and learning the secrets <laughs> of the Klepoth. Apparently, yeah. a bingo collar guy pulled uh, number 666 <laughs> 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 at, a, at, at, a, at a holiday village or something. <laughs> that's all That's all it took. It even was summoned and out, <laughs> eating everything it can. Um, so that eventually it'll get to such a big size that it will explode and send spores everywhere, destroying England. Oh, no. See, the evils of bingo, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The next you tell me that the fruit machine summoned a demon. <laughs> yeah, British yeah. things. I like, it's just a little panel, but I like this panel of the Klepoth, like, attacking this flock of birds and stuff. It's very, very mm. terrifying. Just these pseudopods taking them out. Yeah. Um, Dr. Sin can't let this stand, though, so he begins an exorcism inside his conservatory as the giant mass of the Klepoth slouches toward him, trying to stop his magics. The demon envelops the conservatory. There's one very gross picture of it's like this giant fat demon, like pressing up Mm. against the glass of the of the of the of the the greenhouse or whatever. Mm. Um, Sin continues his magic spell. But, you know, the demon's coming for him and all seems lost when suddenly a voice, a demonic voice, appears and beckons the Klepoth back. 
It says like a uh, clapoth, little plaything, cl- truant from our domain. And the demon speaks. It's in this. Um, I was thinking of it as like the Etrigan font from DC, like this sort of very like yeah, you know, yeah. serifed, fancy demon font kind of yeah, oldie worldy uh, font. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the uh, like the first letter of a uh, of a storybook or something like yes, that. yes, yeah. Um, but so this then, the demon beckons the Klepoth back, back to the knives of hell. <laughs> and the demon dis- and the monster disappears. The day is saved until Dr. Sin sees a note burned onto his wall. Hell remembers uh, a threat, uh, a promise. It's going to be a long night for Dr. Sin. <laughs> it's never over. Oh, man. These hell guys. The end. And with that, oh, man. John, we finished... The 2000 AD action special. They said it couldn't be done, but we showed them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I must know, what were your top and bottom thrills for this thing? Okay. I've been giving this a lot of thought. And I think I'm going to have to go for top thrill. Um, oh, I was going to say, just to be mean, I was going to mm-hmm. pick the um, the text just to, just oh, to annoy you. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Like, 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 pick, pick, pick the filler if you want, but you know, recognize that you're wrong. It's whatever. I know, I'm just going to annoy Conrad. Pick the filler. No, oh, no, I was going to say because the thing I did like he mentioned in the filler was he mentioned there was a there was like a character called the Splurge or something. The um, and I kind of thought if the I kind of wondered if the uh, the Slunch, you know, kind of a blob type character and i thought oh i wonder if that's another little you know the dr sin oh yeah bad guy is a bit of a blob so i wonder if that was another little kind of call there but anyway speaking of dr sin i i think i've got to go for dr sin just because the art i just think is wonderful the john burns art and just all those like you said all those little humorous touches and the fact Mm. that um the, the fact that dr sin is actually kind of a jerk is um yeah definitely it's quite funny to me so yeah this idea of a demonic crusader that's also like really out of touch and weird i think is i think that's a strong concept actually for like a quick comic book because you could have them still fight demons but also just have yeah rail against whatever the depravity of the day of today or something like that yeah, you know, I love, I love, yeah, the, uh, yeah, he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't like rock music and, uh, and what was the one you said? I love it. The, yeah, the solving the case of the shaved kitten murders. Yeah, yeah, they just, yeah, they, <laughs> list, yeah, they, they, they list the cases he solved and they all sound really ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah, the Lisbon Gargoyle, the shaved kittens, and uh, let's see what it was. Uh, um, oh, gosh, gotta get to it. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the the shivering vest as well as the lifting yeah. gargoyle and the shaved kitten murders you know uh, see and this is this is my bad this is why I'm a terrible person I um I'd never really thought of John Smith as as being a, a funny writer and um mm. and maybe I need I need to go back and and uh, and uh, reevaluate my uh look at some john smith work i think there are some moments but i would agree that i don't i don't think of him as as a uh, as 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 humorous either in a way that maybe john yeah. wagner can pull out or something like that mm. this sort of yeah. you know, i mean and, and and that is a skill that sort of that balance of the serious and, and the comedic mm. yeah 
And he does it pretty well in this. He does it, you know, you can easily miss it, I think. So Yeah. But so now fun. I must know what your bottom thrill is. Oh man. Um oh. Uh, I hate doing this, and and Conrad, I got to tell you, one of the things I love about you, I love about the podcast, is you always, you and Fox um, and Eli, you always try to be positive. Yeah, and I think that's a wonderful thing. So, so you know, um, despite me being occasionally snotty, I, I <laughs> do, it is good to try and be a positive person, and I Absolutely. think that's something that you do that I really appreciate. Uh, but. Oh, I think. Oh, see, I feel. Oh, I feel like such a heel. I. Th- oh, I think I'm gonna go for Kelly's eye. That's fair. Just because I'm just annoyed at Alan McKenzie all sticking in his stories. <laughs> 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 but it feels me. Really, I'm being really mean to Brett Ewins. You know, that seems. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, I feel horrible about that. But um, yeah, it's just a bit of a meh story i don't know i don't know yeah i agree i mean i don't think yeah i would say kelly's eye isn't great i think and i think more than a and be and it feels less like an attempt at a new story honestly than maybe just some backstory from Mm. the version of kelly from universal soldier actually which i think for me makes it lose some points as well yeah i mean i thought about the spider um you know, but then everyone picks on Mark Miller, so poor guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I think Kelly's eye, not that, not, that, not that it's bad or awful, it's just mm. that it's it's the one that left me, I, I don't know, I didn't have a particularly strong reaction to it, you know, compared to sure. the others. There'll be something in there, you know, that, you know, there'll be a good line or a good gag or a good bit of art or something and mm-hmm. just. I just, I just think it's the one that just left me feeling the most sort of flat. Which isn't to say, you know, if there's any Kelly's Eyes fans out there, don't come after me. Yeah, come on, be cool, <laughs> Kelly's Eyes fans. Whatever. But it probably just did me personally. It did the least for me. Yeah, totally fine. Conrad, okay. I've got to know. <laughs> I've got to know what are your top and bottom thrills. I my top's gonna be cursed or doom i think i really like that story um yeah just yeah. sort of yeah. spooky loop of a story i really like jim bakey's art i really like just cursed or doom showing up and telling this guy he's in hell that's a solid yeah. that's solid storytelling for my for to my mind <laughs> i thought that one was a lot of fun um yeah, yeah. For bottom, I think I'm gonna say uh, my tech, and it's less Ooh. because of what my tech did, and more because of what my tech didn't do, and that's give me like three pages of giant ape um, combat. You know, I want to yeah, see them yeah, fighting yeah. around. I want to like, I don't know, pick up a tree and use it as a weapon or something like that. Like, I just yeah. All I want is giant robots fighting, and if it's a giant robot versus a giant gorilla, that's even better. And if they're both gorillas, but one's a robot, listen, I want it. I want to see it. Like, I, you know, I watched that Godzilla versus King Kong movie because I was promised yeah. it would happen. You know, I just, I just like big things fighting, you know? Yeah. 
And yeah. this was not enough of those robots fighting. And if you've I got see what shaky, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And if you've if you've got Shaky Kane who can draw these crazy kind of Silver Age monsters and stuff, I just yeah. wish they'd used them. I wish there'd been more action. It's in the title, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I know you're a you're a you're a wrestling fan, aren't you? So yeah, you know, there needs to be you know capabilities of things. It just feels like Big. a missed a missed opportunity. It feels like money left on the table, you know. Big things, you know, throwing each other around, yeah. So I just, I kind of nearly went for My Tech the Mighty, but I thought if I did that, I would just come over as an, uh, a terrible, horrible, insensitive, you know, um, uh, defender of the evil British Empire. So I couldn't well, do it. <laughs> I, I, I can't speak one way or another. I just want monkey fights, uh, you know. Yeah. That's all, <laughs> yeah. all I'm motivated by, you know. Yeah. I can't, I, can't, I can't speak about colonialism, but I can speak <laughs> about my desire yeah. for ape and monkey fights. <laughs> you know what you like. Yeah, yeah, come on. I don't know. Anyway, all right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. On the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages on Twitter at spacespinner2k. For everything else, come Space Spinner 2000. You should find us there. And hey, why not drop us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening? It helps people find the show and things like that. This show is brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardinghan, Zim Kip Miller, and your friends at the 2080 Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash cradline. That's our podcast network. There you can support the show and get advanced episodes, the podcast, coverage of modern 2080, the magazine, and even monthly Q&As with Fox and myself. Then come back later this week as we take aim at the 1992-2000 AD Winter Special. We got a Nemesis story with art by Chris Weston I'm pretty excited about, as well as a Dread story with art by Greg Staples. It's definitely, there's definitely potential for some holiday fun going on in this special. And then the week after that, oh man, we're lining it up. It's time for our 1992 year in review show, The Spinnies. Very exciting. Yeah, listen. Get your nominations in, because we're going to be talking about all the best stuff from this past year in comics. And we want to know what you think as well. Send in your nominations for best art, best writing, best overall thrill, most valuable person or player of 1992. And hey, maybe in your favorite year of 2000 AD from 1987 to 1992, as we've sort of siloed these years into fives. <laughs> um if you're feeling super opinionated, you got a lot of thoughts, please also send in nominations for our sibling podcast, Big Meg One, uh, the mm-hmm. Meggies with similar categories and stuff like that. And if you get your nominations in soon, we'll read them on the episode. It'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, very great. I'm, I'm excited. And John, where can yeah. we find you on the internet if you'd like to be found? Um, well, I'm not a big, I am a bit of a grumpy, miserable old man who doesn't like people, but, um, I, I am on Twitter, uh, and I'm, uh, at, uh, Jorak, J-O-R-A-C 67, which if you're a Blake 7 fan, I was always really pleased when I found out that my surname backwards was Orak, but, <laughs> okay. um, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, I know you're a Red Dwarf fan, but Blake 7, yeah. He, it didn't, didn't quite make it over. Didn't quite yeah, make it over the, yeah. over the pond for me, you know. And um, yeah, so yeah, that's where you can uh, you can find me on um, good old Twitter if that's still a thing. Oh, I'm sure it'll last a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fantastic. I don't know. Cool. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, John. This is great. Oh, it's fantastic. I, I hope that was useful, and I hope I didn't um, drone on too much. Oh, absolutely. You're fine. All right. So, until we meet again, I'm Codrat, he's John, and we are Space Spitter 2000. Splendid. 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 Splendid.